Geocache Talk Podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. I'm ready. Hey, everyone. It's time for the Podcast of Hope, hour number three. Whether you're at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this special holiday show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, so you get all the geocache weekly goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music and my patrons, Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, Jeff Arbaugh, Deborah Burris, the great Deborah Burris, <laughs> the Doc Firewoman, Joshua Johnson, uh, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Tiepkin, Cecilia Perez, Sydney Sawyer, Valena Mahar, and my new patrons, Jane Jewell, Dana Pugach, Memphis Mafia, Craig Michelle, and the Geo Gearheads. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash geocachetalk for more details. Patrons get path tags, coins, and other geocaching swag during the year, as well as invites to special events only for patrons. Support levels start at as little as $3 a month. So this year, the Podcast of Hope selected St. Jude's as its charity. St. Jude's life-saving mission of finding cures for children battling cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Need your help to reach our fundraising goal of $1,500 for the end of this special eight-hour all-star podcast if you'd like to be a part head on over to the event page it's in my lower third but also if you're just listening to this hour uh, i will mention that the link is events.stjude.org slash geocache talk and the update is at we are at 445 dollars toward our 1500 Yay. Yay. Moving along. And uh, so this is wonderful. I'll mention uh, donors a little later, but uh, I'm so glad that we have, we've raised that much so far. So very exciting. Um, thanks to donors like you, families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Treatments invented at St. Jude have helped pushed the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80% since it opened more than 50 years ago. So join us. Together, we can help Jude change the world. So let's jump right into show number 26, hour number three for <laughs> Sunday, December 4th, as I welcome my friend Deborah Burris, a.k.a. Doc Firewoman, to the show. Welcome to hour number three. Yay. Yay! Great to be here. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm so glad that uh, it worked out for you to be on. And yeah. um, I uh, I love this. I've so far. I'm 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 on adrenaline. I don't know, Deborah, if I can go for eight hours on adrenaline, but I think I can <laughs> because I, I haven't I haven't moved. And then uh, I think I'll be okay. Uh, I'll probably get a drink eventually at some point. But I'm just fired up. We've had so many great things to talk about. And um, this one also fires me up because um, 
uh, Susan will tell you uh, now. Um, I have. We live now in in the city. We're in the suburbs, mm-hmm. but we did live on a couple acres. Now, not necessarily a farm, mm-hmm. but we had we had chickens, uh-huh. and we had uh, we had a couple ducks. We had a goose, and so you know, it was kind of like a mini farm. Yeah, yeah, that's a farm. It doesn't matter if it's an acre or a thousand; it still <laughs> right. counts. And we had, um, I've told you before, but we had our, um, our neighbors had some rescue, uh, horses, um, two, two wonderful horses. And, uh, the neighbor would, uh, ask us one day, she's like, do you mind if I have them come over and, uh, graze in your pasture? Cause you know, we didn't have any animals really grazing. So we had a good, our, our, uh, pastures were, and they were set up mm-hmm. with fences. So, um, yeah it was really great. So it was really nice. And, um, she did, she, she grab her can and she'd bang on the can and that horse is following her around. And, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know the trick, but, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, so, um, we had some guests, uh, a couple times and they were, they were great guests. Curious. As I've told you before, they, they would wander around and they kind of, they kind of, uh, uh, messed up one of my bird feeders, but that's okay. They were just, they're like kids, you know, they were just like, Hmm, wonder what this is. And so mm-hmm. they're like four year olds. Yes. They're like, right. Can we open this? Can we take it apart? Yes. What's in here? Yeah. I'll stop. Yeah. You know, you like, stop that. So, but we, <laughs> we, uh, we gave them, we gave them some treats. We're going to talk about, uh, treats on the show in a little bit about mm-hmm. uh, giving animals treats. Cause I think that's an interesting, yes. uh, I didn't never knew some of this stuff. So yeah. Any, anyway, so they're very, very good. So first we're going to want to mention is that you have a, you do have a farm page. Yes, I do. Uh huh. On Facebook. And it's, um, uh, we got the link in the show notes, but it is to Buckthorn farms, all one word, B U B U C K T H O R N F A R M S Buckthorn farms. Yes. Out there in good old uh, Adkins, uh, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. And the name comes, if people want to know why it's named that, mm-hmm. um, when I had the opportunity to move home, my number one goal was to raise horses. Right. And uh, the Celts believe that if you ate the buckthorn berries, uh, you could communicate psychically with horses and it made oh, you a better horse person. Buckthorn. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That's interesting. And I have a variety of buckthorn growing on this farm. Okay. And my grandpa always told me about it. You know, he they called it thunderberries. Oh, yeah. Because it would make you really sick if you ate it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so don't eat it. Right. But, um, but, um, on the farm here and so i thought well that i need a name i don't want to uh-huh. just call it burris farms right right so so there you go that's where the name comes from that's, a, that's neat very cool yeah. name yeah. um so tonight we're going to talk about for this hour we're going to talk about traditions and things on the farm and some some things like that and we're going to talk about um just a lot of uh, a lot of cool um different items about the, about a farm. And you're going to give away a recipe if I understand right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I've got a couple, I've got a couple that I'm going to, I'm going to share with you or maybe three even. Okay. So better get your pencils out. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Get ready to take some notes here in a minute. We're going to give out a cool, cool recipe or two. 
so neat. So when you think traditions on the farm and for for uh, for for your farm, uh, mm-hmm. what are some what are some things that you that you do? What are some what are some traditions? Well, from the time I was a little kid till now, one of the mm. things that we always do is um, we adopted an angel from the local angel tree, which everybody does that. But Mm -hmm. there's a particular group that does mostly senior citizens. Oh, so Mm -hmm. um, I kind of guess I feel like sometimes they get overlooked maybe at the holidays. Sure. um, Mm -hmm. Being, I guess I'm, I guess I'm looking into my own future here because, you know, when I get old and I'm all alone, I would like for someone to bring me a gift. I know. <laughs> so my true. mother and I, I would always um, pick some, somebody off this tree mm-hmm. and that made a big impact on me, even though that may not seem that unusual because, you know, some of y'all have told this story before we were growing up. I mean, right. we we lived with my grandparents most of my growing up years Mm -hmm. and survived on my mom's bus driving salary, which was not very much. That's my dog trying to get in the room. It's okay. Hey, if if anybody's listening to geocache talk, when we had on, when when we had Deborah on, you know, that (laughs) there's always, especially the funny thing was a lot of people aren't, didn't get to see this one because it was a patron, uh, patron hour, but or patron two hours, but, um, we had lots of noises going on that night because we had, oh. du- we had Limax, uh, Limax's bird. The- yes. Limax's bird was yes. going crazy. We're trying to do, um, we're trying to play GC world, uh, which is part of the, what we do, uh, during the patron time. And, uh, yeah. De- Deborah's dogs were going, were, were kind of in and out going a little crazy, which was fun, but yeah. So, and yeah. they've just opened the door. So we can't <laughs> just see them. Come here, Willie. Yeah. Come here. There you go. Okay. Okay. So, um, but we always did that because as we were growing up, you know, money was always a, a sure. issue. And, but my mom, and you know, kind of impressed upon me that you may not have much, but there's always somebody you can do something for. That's so funny. we, um, we, you know, and I try to keep that tradition up. So that's why I really am glad I got to be a part of this because I think it's important to help people Absolutely. and I'll make my donation when I get off the air yes. and I wish, always wish it could be more, but you do what you can, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. You do, you do yeah. everything that you can. Oh, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I, we will be also making a donation. I wanted to, uh, do it before, but I thought, you know what, I might have to just kind of try to make up the difference uh, if it's right. close. So I kind of wanted to wait, but uh, you know that that's that is such a great attitude. And, you know, that's um, I don't have the study here in front of me, but there is a study that shows that people um, it's almost in our nature, uh, and almost it's a in the, the studies. It was a study done that showed that people who are more giving and more thinking about um, other people, their health is better. Um, they're more, um, they tend to be, uh, tend to be well, not only necessarily a well, well-rounded person, but they tend to have more well-being. And, uh, again, uh, it, it can, it really does, uh, improve your health if you think about, uh, helping others during this time. So, 
Very cool. Well, well, and I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's important to do that all year long. You it know, is. we've talked Absolutely. about volunteerism, but especially this time of year because yeah. it's dark and it's the weather's kind of crummy mm-hmm. and. You know, a lot of people really get down this time of year. I wrote, and if you look at my farm page, I wrote a little piece about that earlier today because it's been raining here. You know, we talked about the weather similar in Texas, I think. But I think it's important to remember people who don't have family this time of year or don't have um, a place to go. And if you can do, if you can do something for those people, you never know the least little gift might make a huge difference in that person's life. Yeah, that is so, so true. Yep. That's Very an true. important thing to do. That's that's one of the main things that I remember from the time I was a kid, you know, in terms of something that we always did. Of right. course, school bus. So she always at Christmas time gave everybody a candy cane. You know, she'd oh. buy those boxes. And there's a particular brand of candy cane that tastes better than any of the rest of them. And it's oh. Bob's candy canes. Bob's I think it's canes. Bob's. I think okay. it's Bob's. The Spangler ones are, I'm sorry, they're just not as good. <laughs> Bob's candy canes. And she would always buy those and she would have to hide them from me because there is nothing that tastes better than candy cane <laughs> peppermint to me. Now, so, are these the really tiny, tiny candy canes, like well, bite no, size, little bigger ones? Buy the regular size oh, ones, okay. yeah. Well, and and we, would, we would give those, she would give those away every year at Christmas um, to the people on the, the kids on the school bus. Okay. So, um that was, you know, my mom was a very generous person. I wish mm. that everybody could have met her because she was a very oh, giving. That's neat. Person, but, um, so now you, when I you think mentioned, that's important. Yeah. Sorry, so go ahead. When, I was gonna say when you mentioned the uh, the peppermint, did you did you guys? We've never been. We've been cookie. We make cookies and mm-hmm. sometimes fudge. Not very often. Do y'all? Do you do you make candy? Do you still make candy? Or? Oh yes, absolutely yes. Okay. Um. I, we, I, what I try to do in the last couple of years, we've done it. Of course, when my mom was alive, we made, we'd make candy to give to people. You never, okay. if you came to our house at the holidays, you didn't ever leave with an empty hand. Uh-huh. Um, you always, we always had like little bags of candy or cookies or something for people to take with them. Right. But um, what we try to do is organize a candy making pa- party oh, where cool. like five or six people get together. Yeah. And what you do is you make a quadruple batch. Everybody <laughs> makes candy at the right. party and you take get to take home a little bit of everybody's. Well, that's kind of like, you know, if, as far as in Texas, we have a lot of people who uh, or not a lot of people, but some people will do a tamale party where they get, get together uh-huh. and they make tamales. So Right. Yeah, that's neat. Um, yeah, we do cookies. Well, and that way, so. oh yeah, that way you get to try something new without the effort of making it yourself. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's true. And uh, but and, and you get and you just made a gift at the same yeah. time. So you know, um, very cool. Um, now. Do you have a Christmas Eve gift? What is the, what is that? Uh, well, well, tell me about your cookies first though. I oh, interrupted you. Oh, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. I, I'm, we're going to, I think we're going to talk cookies uh, here uh, in a, in a little bit. That, oh, okay. Uh, so no, we're, right. we're fine. So tell me about Christmas okay. Eve. What, what is, <laughs> what do we do at Christmas Eve here? Well, Christmas Eve gift is a saying. Oh, okay. And my, okay. And I actually looked up the history of this, but where, okay. where I learned about it was my grandfather, whoever said Christmas Eve gift first on Christmas oh, Eve. Oh, okay. 
kids to open their first present or they get a special present or or something like that so um it kind of got to be pretty funny because my granddad would take a real big pleasure in always beating me and i remember when we used to live down the road from them i got up really early one christmas eve really early and got on the phone and called him and i he didn't say hello he didn't say who is this he knew who it was he knew what it was about gift as soon as he answered the phone and i was like oh so and (laughs) i know so um i actually looked up where the tradition came from and it's primarily a southern rural rural tradition oh um because um there's variations of it but one of the variations is you say christmas eve gift and one is you say christmas gift okay and the idea is um very poor people may not have very much to give you, but that the idea was that we were given the best gift of all on Christmas Eve uh, with the right, birth sure. of Jesus. Right, right. So the idea, but you got a special present or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, there's different, there's different ideas about where it came from, but it's primarily a, a Southern rural Southern farming thing. Yeah. So, you know, I think, and I that's think something it, you don't hear a lot of people say anymore around here. So I'm trying to encourage everyone to adopt that tradition. Uh, I like it. Well, you know, it's funny as I think there's a tradition that has um, sort of begun and I'm not as familiar with some people will probably email me and tell me what the, what the deal is here. But Apparently, um, I heard yesterday that uh, you're supposed to put a pickle on your tree yeah. um, for good luck and different things. But apparently, um, if, you, if you're the first one to find the pickle on the tree, then you're supposed to be like the first one to open a gift. I've, I've um, heard of that, too. That's something we've never done. Yeah. And you would think I would do that as many Christmas trees as I decorate. <laughs> yeah, I now, don't have a pickle. Now tell everybody how many Christmas trees you have. Um, well, let's see. Counting the Charlie Brown Christmas tree with yes. the little, you know, just the little tree. The little 21. ones, the big ones. You have twenty-one. Yes, Did twenty-one. I hear that correctly, twenty-one. 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 <laughs> One more than twenty. Well, that is awesome. Yes. Well, uh, Susan, I know you're listening to this. Uh, we have two. That's all we're doing. We're not going to do twenty-one <laughs> like Deborah. We're doing two. And uh, one's real, one's artificial. So, do you have any real Christmas trees, or all? Uh, I'll do a real one closer to Christmas. Okay. Um, I'll do a real one closer to Christmas, and um, right. usually what I do is I don't bring a real one in. I usually just decorate one of the cedars out in my front yard for the birds. Yeah. And that's my real tree. That's cool. Um, that's a good idea. Yeah, because you know, red cedars are ubiquitous here in Arkansas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to open the door again, as you can see. Yeah, I can see they've, they've come in. <laughs> um, the, the dogs, the, what I'll do is I'll decorate one of the red cedars out in the front yard and put like cranberries and popcorn and yes. um, peanut butter balls or whatever right. I can come up with. So that's great. Yeah. I'll do that. And um, I don't usually bring live trees inside because I do have all these dogs and they yes. think it's indoor plumbing. Right, right, yeah. And so I just leave it outside. <laughs> I don't blame you. So I don't blame I'm you. fixing to have to get up and go shut this door because they're all wanting to sit in my lap, uh, and I don't well, think y'all okay. all need to see them. Well, but if, um, but, if, you, 
if yeah. you want to if you want to go ahead and do that we'll, we'll yeah let me second. go shut the door here hang okay. on okay all right <laughs> all right guys deborah's gonna deborah's uh ending Everybody the part deborah's gonna end the uh, in oh, the okay. dog party for now and she's gonna she's gonna put them they're not gonna be happy about that but she's gonna she's gonna kick them out for now so <laughs> they're just gonna bark at you is all <laughs> okay, okay sorry about that they're that's pretty right. smart they figured out how to open that door <laughs> they're, just, they're just gonna bark at you that's okay so all right uh Candy recipe, million dollar fudge. Yes, tell tell yes. me a little bit about this one. Well, um, my mom made this from the time I could remember and her mother made it and it's in, I've got the, where she cut it out of a newspaper uh-huh. when Howard was president. This was one of Mamie Eisenhower's recipes. Well, my mom was older. I was a, I was a late life baby. And so my mom was alive, you know, during mm-hmm. World War II and all that. And she had this clipping that her mother had cut out of a, had cut out of a um, newspaper. Right. And then I, we would make this candy. So I took a picture of the clipping because of course it's getting old sure. and about to fall longer. apart. Yep. So what it is, it's, um, it's pretty, it's actually a pretty straightforward fudge recipe and it's almost no fail. Now, one thing my scientists will tell you, mm. you don't need to make candy on days when the humidity is high. Yes, I know that. I've heard that. Yes, because you need to drive the moisture out to get the sugar to set up. And, um, you know, a lot of people that try to make candy know what a devil it is to try to make divinity. Yeah. Because divinity is like the most because it's the most sensitive to the, the humidity yeah, it's very tricky to make my mom used to right. make divinity but it is at a it is an interesting um it is a from what i understand well all the stages are a little tricky in candy making you know the softball stage the hard right. ball, the soft crack yeah. hard crack all that but apparently yeah. that that is sort of the that's a, that's the fudge stage it's like softball stage i guess Mm-hmm. And so yeah, yeah. it's a little tricky to work with. And if you don't get it right, it can become grainy and right. become a problem. Right. So. And if people don't know what Gary's talking about, one, if you don't have a candy thermometer, the way you test your syrup is you have a glass of cold water, drop some of the syrup in there. And when it hardens, it's either a soft ball or it's hard or it cracks. Peanut brittle is, is, is hard crack. <laughs> That yes. name always makes me laugh because I yep. love peanut brittle and it is like crack to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. But it it has to do with how long the syrup the syrup has cooked. Yep. Because the longer it cooks, the more crystalline it gets. But if it's too humid, you can't drive enough moisture out, and your candy won't set up. Okay. So yeah. the scientist tells you watch the humidity. But here's the <laughs> recipe. So get your pencils ready if you got them out. Here we go. Okay. You need four and a half cups of sugar. This is not a diet recipe. Uh, no, <laughs> um, white sugar or what kind of sugar? White, regular granulated white sugar. Yeah, okay. regular plain sugar. Uh-huh. Okay, gotcha. An eighth of a teaspoon of salt, also known as a pinch. You need a little bit of salt in there because salt is a flavor enhancer. Two tablespoons of butter. 
what they used to call pet milk, but it's evaporated milk. You need the 12 ounce can. They called it a tall can of pet milk. They had short cans and they had tall cans, but it's a 12 ounce can of evaporated milk. Need uh, 12 ounces of semi-sweet chocolate. And you can use chips or or you can buy it in bars and grate it or whatever. And then you can also use, you also are supposed to use German sweet chocolate. Oh. Not just any, but German sweet chocolate, which you usually have to buy in bars to make. Yeah. They usually make it in bars. I've only seen it. In, well, yeah, I think I've only seen it in bars. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. And then you need a pint of that gooey marshmallow cream, which is the jar. The jar is a pint jar of the marshmallow cream. And then two cups of nuts. And I like pecans in mine. So, sure. but you can use pecans or walnuts or whatever. Uh, now, what sh- this recipe did, it was supposed to be foolproof. And so instead of telling you to test the uh, syrup, it just told you to boil it for six minutes. So you mix oh, okay. together your, your sugar, your salt, your butter, and your milk. Six minutes. But I would still check it. I would still put a candy thermometer in it and check it because stoves are all different. Yeah. Do you have to have a temperature on the candy thermometer? Do you know? Uh, it has to be it has to be softball stage okay, it doesn't have it, a temperature on here yeah yeah and it, usually your candy thermometer has that on there like it'll That's say true. if you've got it's a got candy a... thermometer it'll have it on there yeah okay and then once you get that melted down and you've let it cook it's uh 235 degrees but fahrenheit by the okay, way okay 235 okay now you don't put your chocolate in there you do not put the chocolate in the hot syrup mixture on the stove because if you do, the chocolate will lose its temper and you'll have nasty grainy mess. So you put your chocolate, all your chocolates, your marshmallow cream and your nuts in a separate bowl. And then you pour that hot syrup over the chocolate and you mix it and it's going to get pretty stiff cream, but you mix it up really, really good. And then you just spread it out in a pan and let it cool. Okay. So it's pretty foolproof. Cool. That's not bad. Yeah. That seemed like yeah, that's good... my mom's fudge recipe. And it's, it's, it's pretty foolproof. I've never had a batch go bad. <laughs> that's good. Well, yeah, but you're, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad bakers out there, but let's, everybody needs to give it a shot. That seems like a really good one to do. Well, and then it says it will, and this is, it was very confusing to me because it says, if you store it in a tight jar, it will keep for several days. I don't understand the concept of keeping it for several days. I've never had it last longer than a couple of days. Maybe the, t- the tight jar with a lock on it. Maybe that's what they're talking about. In a different house in a different state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that you can't eat it this all the same day. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. So, but that was my mom's. That's It's Mamie Eisenhower's million dollar fudge. It used to be on the back of the marshmallow cream jars too when you would buy marshmallow cream yeah and a lot of people don't know what that stuff is for they see it you know they'll put it all out at the stores at christmas time and they're like yeah. that stuff is so good <laughs> <laughs> it's so great you can use it in your hot chocolate it is so good yes but, yes all right good so we got a recipe done that's uh, or got a recipe yes. under our belt we're going to do some more mm-hmm. in a minute so all right um wreath parties Yes. Tell yes. Us about now, wreath I, parties. I don't know if I can screen share or not, but if I can, give it a try. Um, we'll try. Let me see. Let me find the right picture. What I do, um, my, mm, yeah. this was something that I'm trying to find the right picture that I wanted to share here. That's fine. Um, what 
several years ago, when I used to live in Oklahoma, I went to the Unitarian Church. And mm-hmm. on one Sunday every Christmas, they had what they called Craft Sunday. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And someone would bring in a huge amount of greenery and we would make wreaths. Well, that reminded me of when I was little, my mom and I would make wreaths out of of pine limbs or or cedar Mm -hmm. limbs. So about three years ago as a community, sort of a community building activity, um, I started hosting a wreath party here at the farm. And what I do is I provide all the, and all the materials and uh, people can just come and have a good time and they get to take their wreath home with them. So what I do is let me switch this over here real quick and I'll show, see if I can do this uh share and then can you see that can you see that picture yes yes did that work okay okay what i do several people out there that's good yeah that was the first one and it's gotten bigger every year what i do is you can make wreath forms out of chicken wire plenty of chicken wire and so if you make the wreath form and it's real easy you can buy an inexpensive roll of chicken wire for maybe Mm. you know 10 or 12 dollars and and it'll be small it won't be a huge one but you can buy these um and what you do is parties yeah oh yeah and what you do is and there's another picture of our finished product there if you can see that i see yeah that's those are cool yeah. So what you do is you make the wreath form or some people made um, some people made swags. Uh, let me find the right picture okay. here. Sorry. I've had these. All right. You know, I had these. I um, thought better organized. That's a, you know, and I like how you did the, now for the, for the bows there, do you, uh-huh. did you have pre- prepared bows or do you have somebody that knows how to make? Or did you um, we, I, I know, I know how to make those. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, made, I made that. So, try um, to, so, so when you invite people, try to invite at least one person uh, that uh, can do knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What we what we do. Um, so they're they're really easy to make because you make your reform or you can make a swag like a lot, and it's just a tube. You make a tube of chicken wire and you bend it into the shape you want. And then I, of course, have 170 acres. So that morning, and mm. it's coming up next Sunday, actually, okay. I drive around and just take pruning shears and just fill up the back of my pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, cedar limbs, and I've got cedar that's got golden tips on it, and I've got cedars that's got blueberries on it, and I've got just plain. Mm-hmm. So you just, you you take your wreath form and you just kind of stuff it with bits and pieces of limbs. And then you right. just start sticking the the cedar boughs in there and it makes itself. It's really, really super easy to do. Anybody could do this. If you live where you've got some cedar, right. anybody can make a wreath in about, it takes about 15 minutes. It doesn't take long. But so. Um, fun event to have everybody get together, you know, and, and do something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and people bring like the ribbon or mm-hmm. people will bring ornaments to, you know, and I provide hot glue and clippers yeah. and everything. Um, it's really a lot of fun because I know a lot of different kind of people. And so it's really, to me, it really builds community because you mm-hmm. get all these different kinds of people who may yeah. not necessarily cross paths with each other right. in their normal life. Right. But like, we all get like, together and we all. Kind of like geocachers. Geocachers. Yeah. So, um, so it's a lot of fun and, and everybody wants to pay me and I'm like, this doesn't, it costs me $10 to go buy some chicken wire. I mean, 
it's 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 a community building thing to me. So mm -hmm. this year it's next Sunday, and um, we've got about twenty five people I think that are going to oh, show up. So awesome. I think cool. it'll be fun. It's 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 pretty neat. Yes. So that's one of my new holiday traditions is to try to build community that way. Yeah, very cool. Well, um, let's talk. Uh, also, we talked earlier about the 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 trees. Uh, uh -huh. The fact, you have lots of trees. So, yes. How? Um, what is it that you? What are some things that you like to put on your trees? And <laughs> what are? Do you get them all? I mean, are some of them like pre-made, and you just kind of turn them on every year, or how? What? What what are the things you like to know? Okay, tell, um, no. tell us about tell us about the trees. <laughs> um, well, I, this may be used at my sanity hearing when I get older, so oh, I'll okay. try to speak well. All right. well. Um, um, I started, you know, when I moved back home, I had mm -hmm. a Christmas tree. My mom had a Christmas tree, right? Um, and then I had somehow come up with a few extra ones because I, I guess I thought I was going to make myself into the redneck Martha Stewart. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I had decided that I was going to try to decorate every part of the house for Christmas. Sure. And um, I think somebody said, why did you start doing this? Well, my dad would take me to cut a Christmas tree every year. Mm -hmm. Sure. But my dad's family was not really big on holidays. Oh, okay. And so it was like one tree and that was it and whatever. My mom's family, on the other hand, although I never got to experience this, was huge into holidays. They had a huge big deal. Right. So um, and to have more of that feeling of holidays. And I knew my mom, you know, kind of missed her family and everything. So we started doing trees. Well, no, none of mine are pre-decorated. I start. I started the week of Thanksgiving and I am a clearance sale, flea market or dollar whatever store, right. dollar store. And I mean, <laughs> and I'm all about taking the inexpensive little cheap trees from the dollar store and loading them down. So they look wonderful. Oh, cool. um, um, themed trees. Sure. <laughs> I do. Trees. If you, if you oh, go ahead. Let's say like, do you have ones like color? coordinated trees or are they mostly... uh, not necessarily color coordinated, but like okay. I'll have, um, like I'm sitting in my office right now and I've got my hunting trees right, right there. Right. My farm, my farm ornament tree is right there. This little tree up behind me, which the dogs knocked off. <laughs> it's my geocaching tree. This has Yay. got all geocaching related stuff on it. Sweet. Um, so what I, I just started collecting ornaments over the years. None of mine are really color coordinated okay. in the sense of, you know, like some people will do yeah. these ones that look like they came out of a shopping mall or a hospital that are all the coordinated ornaments. No, none of right. that. Mine are all, um, or I've got all birds or all whatever, right. you know, dogs and cats, horses. I've got a seven and a half foot tree in my den. That's nothing but horse ornaments that I've collected <laughs> over 25 years. Um, that's awesome. But I use unusual things and this is, I'll, sh I'll sh share one more, uh, thing that, mm -hmm. that I have done, um, unusual things mm -hmm. for decoration. So yeah. I will use, um, like these deer, Oh, I don't know. Okay. Can you see that? Okay. Yeah. This is my living room and that's my nature tree. So somebody gave me these deer this oh, year. Okay. Oh yeah. 
you... I thought, well, I've got this big open living room. Uh-huh. Let's use those. You know, totally. let's use those. Yeah. That's awesome. So, but um, for example, like my geocaching tree, if I can reach around here and get it. Oops. Yeah. Um, it's got. It is. Um, it's got on it. It's got my little shot glass from Geo Woodstock. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, there's a sticker that I got that says Geocoin Collector on it. Yeah. Uh, now, last year, Groundspeak sold these ornaments uh-huh. last year for the 15th anniversary, and they're all trackable. Yeah. So here, I'll, sh- I'll hold that up there where y'all can see that. Uh, yeah. Path tags. Uh, the Geocache Talk path tag is on here. Yay. Um, yeah. And then I've got, like, my trackable tag from U.S. Geocaching Hour. And then up yep. on the top. That's a cool idea. Button, from yes. Molly. There's Molly. Molly. The That's dog. right. Molly, yeah. the geocaching dog. Exactly. And then I've got I've got a couple of geo coins on here that are Christmas geo coins. Yeah. So I don't I don't necessarily use what would be considered traditional ornaments. I just use stuff that I like. I've got yeah. my travel my travel tree. You know, we all went out to Colorado. Yeah. Etches. I bought postcards. I bought bumper stickers, keychains, anything like that. That remind you know it's got to mean all it has to do is mean something to you. It doesn't Absolutely. have to be an ornament. Yeah. So we we do that too. We have a um, the tree that's at the other end of the uh, other end of the house. Uh, S- uh, Susan she uh, she decorates it with uh, when we go to, when we like like you said when we travel like how you know some people used to cup used to collect um, spoons or they'd collect mm-hmm. uh, shot glasses whatever we would collect or we still do we collect Christmas ornaments. Right. When we travel. And so that's like you said, is an item that uh, we got like when we're when we, when we were just in Colorado for Geo Woodstock, mm-hmm. we, we as we, we stopped at different places, we would happen to grab we'd grab a, a, a Christmas ornament because we'd put it on, right. put on that particular tree at that end of the, of the house. So, you know, yeah. that's that's kind of fun. So, yeah. yeah that's and, neat. and then you get to remember, I mean, what is, to right. be doing, doing all these trees is about the memory of something, remembering yeah. something, remembering that trip, you know, Oh, how we had, remember when we went here and we had this really great time or, right. or the farming stuff, you know, it, it's an honor of the fact that I farm or the fam- I've got an ornament or my big, one of my big trees is also all my family heirloom ornaments. Right. I'm packing these. And I said this on my video, I've got a 30 minute long video. If people want to watch it on my farm page. Awesome. No, that's good. Yeah. Go check that out. Cause I, I want to see uh, that at the very end. It's like, you know, this is about remembering. It's about remembering family, friends, pets, right. You know, important events in your life. And so the people, kind of laugh at me or make fun of me and they're like how do you do all that why do you do all that to me this is a labor of love it's not work to me right absolutely and this for i've i've you know this is the fourth year i started doing a lot of trees when my the year after my father died because my mom was very sad you know she had she felt like she was the last one left she was very sad and i thought okay i'm gonna try to perk her up i'm gonna try to do something I, my, we didn't do the whole house, but I put like six trees up in the living room. Right. 
and she loved it. The only problem was she fell right before Christmas and broke her leg and had to be in the hospital over Christmas. Oh, no. So this little, this little tree right here, not, yeah. not, it didn't have geocaching ornaments, but it went to her hospital room and oh, stayed nice. with her, you know, so I've got that memory too, you know? Yeah. Um, That's neat. Anyway, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun, but there's a, far, there's a video on my farm page. If you want to bore yourself to tears <laughs> That would be great. You know, and you know, there's, I think that, you know, that's something that, that, that we do. And the fact that, um, we, we collect ornaments over the years. And then, um, as our kids got older, um, like just, just this last year, uh, or just this year, I should say, um, Josh came and he picked up all of his ornaments to put on his tree that he's yeah. collected over the years. So, you know, he's got, he has the memory, you know, and we still have a lot. I mean, we, we have so many ornaments, but it's neat because they all, you know, Susan still has uh, an ornament that she puts up every year. It's made of paper. It's an angel. Mm -hmm. And she mm -hmm. made it in, I think she's, I think it's seventh grade. And, yeah. and they took her photo when they, it was a little craft that they made and it was angels and they took and they cut out the, the kid's, uh, head <laughs> out of a photograph and they glued it onto the angel to make them a little <laughs> angel. But you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little craft, but you know, that's something that, that brings back great memories for her. Of, of, and we've, yeah. we've, so we put on there every year. So, you know, like you said, yeah. it's neat. It's a, and she loves to have, she loves to decorate it. She loves to get, um, for her, it is an event to decorate mm -hmm. it, but it's an event that she loves to do with the kids or, yeah. you know, so it's kind of a, a little thing that's so anyway. All right. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. And I mean, and it's important, you know, because I mean, I have, I have my dad's lariat rope. I put a picture up on Facebook the other day. If you saw the story that I wrote about the rope, yeah. you know, it, it's a, it's an old beat up lariat rope that he tried to lasso a cow with and the cow ran off with it. <laughs> lost out in the field and right. we didn't find it and we didn't find it and he would always tell me Deborah watch out for that rope when you go over there to bush hog or whatever and I'm and no kidding he died in all, the end of August and in November I was over there bush hogging before deer season and I saw the tail of that rope sticking up out of the ground it had been over there really? for 15 years I mean 15 or 20 years it had been gone and that rope was sticking up out of the ground and I pulled it up and it perfectly on my horse tree so those kind of things you can't can't put a value on that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just pretty cool. So well, anyway, uh, <laughs> that is awesome. Well, um, we got a little bit of time left. Let's talk about. Um, you have a, a note here. I'm interested to find out about kids event at barn and what is Rainbow Riders. Well, most of y'all know that I volunteer for a riding program. Um, I've donated several horses to this riding program that's uh, in a town, a couple of towns over. And it's a it's a friend of mine from college's mother who I got back in touch with after I moved back home. And she provides an opportunity for kids who would not normally have the financial means to own a horse uh, to basically really they're leasing the horse because all the horses belong to either her or me. Right. And, um, but they, that is their horse. So long as they're there, they treat that horse like it's theirs. They, sure. they take care of it and everything. 
and I've donated six horses to that program. Plus two of my, three of my horses are over there currently because I ride with them. Right. End of the year, we do a, 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 an awards program and reward everybody for all their hard work all year long. But we also do a drill team. We do a riding drill team where we ride to like last year, they rode to Jingle Bell Rock. And oh, cool. this year, I think I'll rock you or whatever. And the kids ride and they have their flags with their horse's name on it and their name. And uh, they're called the Rainbow Riders because everybody has a designated color that they wear. Sure. Sure. So that way, you know, you know, whose stuff is whose. <laughs> yeah. And so now is that event, uh, is that coming up or? Yeah, it's coming up on the 17th. So it will be um, in two, a little less than two weeks. Okay. I'm going to be, I probably am going to periscope it, you know, just oh, for cool. the fun of, of it. Yeah. Um, but these kids work really hard. I mean, we ride three to four days a week all year long. You know, and yeah. it's a great program because it's not just it's not just you get to show up and you ride the horse and you go home. These kids have to take care of the horse. They have to help clean the barn. They have to help water and feed and do all that. And it's a great program to teach responsibility. And that's why I'm such a big advocate of it. So, yeah, they're learning. It's, that's what it, that is. That's <laughs> neat, though. That's you know, that is that is important. And I wish we had even if I wish there was more programs that are like that that we do not just for horses but just a program whether gardening maybe yes some some kind of uh, of of thing like that so kids can can learn but also learn like you said learn about responsibility and the fact that right. you know when they when you get out uh, on your own you know nobody's going to be handing you uh, something you gotta you know you need to learn how to take care of yourself and and take responsibility so that's right. that's a neat program that is really wonderful yeah, so. um all right so i'm uh, i'm i'm not gonna give away my gingerbread cookie recipe but <laughs> i have the greatest gingerbread cookie recipe i, I maybe if you really ask me for it if you email me for it okay i'll send it to you but um <laughs> I get rave reviews every year. That's one of the, uh, I used to make a lot of cookies. A lot of the kids want to make the cookies around the house now. So I kind of uh, step back and don't do as many. But every year I am told that I have to make gingerbread cookies. And uh, so that tradition will continue. And then um, Susan has gotten to a point where she is really good at making pumpkin bread. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... I'm sure she, so now people, the, the kids are asking her, uh, as a gift every year, one of her, one of the gifts that they, they want to get, you know, on their Christmas list is they want another, they want a pumpkin bread. So mm-hmm. she's starting that's to make, cool. Yeah. So she's doing that a lot. So, uh, um, yeah, my mom made pumpkin bread and we would give it to like the mailman and uh-huh. the, the trash guy and the, the, you know, people like that this year I do, or what I've done since I've moved home is, one day after I get out of class for the semester, I go to the vet clinic and the feed store usually with last year, I made everybody two apple pies and took oh, hot. They were still cool. warm out of the oven. Cause you know, they take care of me all year long. Yeah. So I feel like I need to do something for them. So oh, neat. that is awesome. Well, yeah. uh, and then, um, Susan makes a wassail, not with red hots, none of that kind of stuff. She makes, <laughs> she makes a true wassail that I think is really good. And um, so if you want that, you know, let me know. But um, eggnog. So that's actually, <laughs> ca- 
This came up this week, which is funny because you have an eggnog recipe. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. What's interesting about it too is that somebody mentioned like, "What do you do?" And it's like you have this this eggnog recipe. Um, it's not for the young. It's no. This 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 eggnog eggnog recipe will get the party started. Let me or tell ended. You. One or two. ended. I don't know which. All right. So, so I, you know, I so, spend a lot of time doing a lot of things at Christmas, and eggnog <laughs> is not that. Um, Give us the, what I will just I will just say I go and buy of Coleman's or whoever's eggnog, pre-made, and yeah. then yeah, pre-made. So probably two of the what, like two quart, right. so like a gallon of eggnog, right. and then I probably. I put a whole quart of Jack Daniels in there, but I put Jack Daniels to taste. We'll put it that okay, way. To taste. <laughs> so and that's my eggnog recipe. That's your eggnog recipe. Well, there you go. About as simple as it gets right there. I love it. Yeah, to, it to, is, to it is not for the young. <laughs> no. That to is taste. Awesome. Right. So you figure out what tastes good to you. And that's then you right. Can, you're you're good. Just keep adding. That's all. Yeah. Depending on yep. your depending on your situation, uh, just keep going. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, don't do not do not drink and drive after eggnog. So there we go. No, do not. Please <laughs> do, do not. not. Please do not. Uh, and then finally, we're going to talk about. We talked brief, briefly about this, but I thought this is an interesting topic. I don't know um, about uh, what people do because I, I think it's important. It. I like the idea of, and of giving a special treat. Uh, we used, we used to buy uh, we'd buy special dog bone type things for, mm-hmm. for the for the dogs. But mm-hmm. um, what is it? Or see how to how to word this? I want to ask you about this because I think it's I think it's important to give a, like a special treat. But I think it's a bad idea to give. This isn't a bad idea to like give animals like chocolate in that. A, what, oh yeah. Milk, milk chocolate is bad for them generally. Um, and especially I have, okay. Most people that know me know I have 12 dogs Yeah. and they range in size from about 10 pounds to over a hundred pounds. Um, so chocolate is bad for them. Um, you know, cooked bones are generally not safe because they splinter. Um, you know, onions are not good for dogs. Mushrooms are not good for dogs. All the things that go in stuffing, not yeah. good for dogs. Um, grapes are not good for dogs. Um, same yeah. thing, you know, my rule of thumb, mm. go ahead. What? I was just saying, I have you, what? you have a homemade doggy treat recipe that we're going to yes, share. So, okay. I do. I keep, do. Okay, I, I use, I use this. This is from the Maryland. I actually got this from the Maryland SPCA. And what it is, is it even doesn't have regular flour in it. It has wheat flour or you can get gluten free flour because some dogs, dogs are not. Right. Okay. Cats right. are especially not vegetarians. Dogs are omnivores. Cats right. are true carnivores. Okay. The idea of feeding animals grains that are mm-hmm. cats grains is usually not. Sure great especially for cats but dogs can eat some grains but um i use two and a half cups of wheat flour in mine because again i have 12 dogs i'm not buying right. eight dollar bag flour <laughs> right they're gonna get whole wheat flour that's what they get so. eggs, eggs are great for dogs 
Um, I use canned pumpkin or I make pumpkin puree out of my Halloween pumpkin. So half a cup of canned pumpkin okay. and try to get the pure pumpkin. Try not to get stuff. Don't get pumpkin pie filling because it already has spices and sugar and things in it. Right. Just get the straight pumpkin. Pureed pumpkin only, right. Yes. And then two tablespoons of peanut butter, okay. a half a teaspoon of salt and a half a teaspoon of cinnamon. Okay. You mix it up like you would cookie dough. You cut it out. I've got some little cutters that I use. And then you cook it at 350 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 175 Celsius for those of you listening, for about 40 minutes. Okay. So you really cook it. Dog probably, bones. Right. So you, you cook it to a point where it's a little bit hard, but then again, yeah. it's, it's for a dog. So Right. You, you want you it to be to like be... dog biscuit. Yeah. So it's not like chewy chocolate chip cookie. Sure. You know, Sounds and I mean, great. it's hard. Yeah. We want, we want to share with our little furry friends and believe me, I get the sad dog eyes every time I sit <laughs> down to eat. Right. You know, but I also know it's not good for them. Yeah. But, yeah. um, love it. Yeah. And I make, I also make suet cakes for my birds outside. Even my, um, my poultry, they get a special treat. My horses get treats. They usually get carrots. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the donkeys and the horses get treats. Everybody gets something special on the holidays. That's they get, wonderful. they have, they have stockings and everybody gets something special. Wonderful. That is wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Just um, don't buy those cheap treats with the red dye in them. I'm no, sorry. Uh, those green. are not good for your dogs. Yes. No. <laughs> so, not, not good. So. All right. So, hey, we have. Anyway. Uh, Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to wrap up this show because we've got another show and Deborah is going to stick around for another hour and we've got Memphis Mafia now joining us. Hey guys. Hey, how you doing? Good. Well, we'll start the seven o'clock hour here in a moment. Well, again, thank you, Deborah, for being on this hour. We had a great time talking about uh, life on the farm and and, uh, Christmas on the farm. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Really, uh, really appreciate uh, and had a great time talking about this. Well, well, thank you. I enjoy yeah. talking about it. <laughs> yes, it is wonderful. Well, I hope, you, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, hour number three tonight. Uh, please email me, email me your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at geocachetalk and Facebook at facebook.com slash geocachetalk. Show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, as well as the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click on that subscribe button down there and uh, one of these corners. Um, so that you can get and see, uh, as you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And until next hour, which will be here in a moment, don't just talk about geocaching. Do what Deborah does. Enjoy the holiday time. Get outdoors and do visit a farm somewhere around you and then go. Come ge- see me. That's right. Come <laughs> see here in Atkins and then go geocaching. So goodbye, everybody. Bye.